Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Andrew Millen and you're listening to the Celtic Soul Podcast and you're very welcome back to the show. Apologies to all the listeners who are looking forward to Tuesday's show. I had a little knock on the head last week and I had to go for a full MOT to the old doctors. But I'm happy to say that I'm back fighting fit now and all is good. Just the old blood sugar levels are a bit low. Today I will be chatting to Linda Carroll, who's one of the Debenham workers who are looking for justice and a fair redundancy. Linda's grandfather was Christopher Duffy, who survived being shot on Bloody Sunday 100 years ago in Crow Park and went on to play for the Dubs and win two Leinster titles. Also joining me will be Mimo Rossi, a Glasgow restaurateur. Before Mimo arrived in Glasgow, he was born and raised in Naples, and he's going to join us to share his memories of the arrival in his hometown of Juan Diego Maradona, the world's greatest ever footballer, who sadly passed away this week. This episode has been kindly sponsored by Tommy Bourne's Celtic Supporters Club, Portadown. Thanks very much to Declan and Tip McCann and all the club for the continued support of both the fanzine and now the podcast. And folks, if your Celtic Supporters Club or business would like to support the podcast and become a sponsor, please email us at info at CelticFanzine.com. And as always, you can contact us through the website or message us on social media. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Thanks to all the listeners for the continued feedback and suggestions for guests. We have reached out to everyone you suggested. Some are confirmed and will be chatting to us over the next few weeks. Some have got back to us and have passed up on the invitation and some just didn't bother their ass to reply. As always, folks, uh, these comments and suggestions are what is making the show. Without the listeners, I suppose you wouldn't really have a show. So I suppose it's a listener's podcast now. Like every other Celtic fan, I'm entitled to an opinion, but it's only an opinion on who should or should not manage Celtic. If you think Neil Lennon should stay or should go, it's for you to decide. But if another fan has opposition to your position, it still should be respected. After last night's performance, the pressure is mounting on the manager and the fans remain split. Neil has the backing of the board for now, but this is a board that haven't released a statement to back him. Neil Lennon has had to take all the pressure on his shoulders. He never sends another coach out to face the media, like other managers do. When the COVID crisis hit and all the bullshit that that brought, it was Neil Lennon that faced the media. Not a club doctor, not a medic, 
and certainly not Peter Lawell. Peter Lawell has not spoke publicly since Brendan Rodgers left. All we got was a statement on the club website. Peter was very clever. He waited till the fans turned on Brendan Rodgers, till there was enough people calling him a snake and enough people calling him a rat. Then he appeared outside Easter Road where fans were getting selfies with him. If any fan has a grievance, the grievance should be towards the board. Neil Lennon has not brought in his own coaching staff and I've said it before, he knew that when he took the job. But what Celtic man is going to turn down the Celtic job? I don't think any Celtic man would. Why is Martin O'Neill having to come out to defend the manager on the back pages? Why is the board not out defending him? Because they're waiting in the long grass. And if Lennon goes, the only way we will see Peter Lawwell is if he appoints a gold star, a Pochettino. Then he'll be out and we'll all think he's a grateful. But if it's Strachan or a manager who has been unsuccessful down in England or a name that is not big, we won't see Peter Lawwell. Anyway, as I said, Neil has the backing of the board for now. But I fear if he, any, if he drops any points in the league, then his time at Celtic will be up from now till we play Rangers. Celtic are well capable of going unbeaten in December, but it looks like the players have thrown the towel in. The manager hasn't. He's come out again and said he, he's here for the fight. Just for the record, I'll be backing Neil Lennon until he steps down or he's sacked. I can't imagine him stepping down. Who will ever walk away from that job? and a payday. Don't forget, there's money involved in this. Neil Lennon is a paid employee. If he walks, Peter Lawwell is laughing all the way to the bank. If he stays, he has to be paid off. As a union man all my life, I respect that, Neil. Some of the comments on social media towards Neil Lennon have been bang out of order. Have an opinion by all means. Partake in logical debate. But don't get personal, and don't steal your granny's bed sheets to protest. After another piss-poor performance in Europe last night, the players must have a hard look at themselves. It started so well, Eddie opening up the scoring, but a mix of shock and defending, failure to cross a ball from set pieces, passing the ball from left to right with little end product seems to be the story of the season. Add COVID-19 and the Rangers' improvement to the start of the season both domestically and in Europe, and it really is tough watching for us as Celtic fans. All the talk has been of 10 in a row, and I have been guilty of getting caught up in it, but maybe we should concentrate on one game at a time and one competition at a time starting on Sunday against Ross County. Family, friends and supporters clubs are divided over Lenny. Is Lenny still the man or is another manager comes in, is he better? It's a gamble, isn't it? Stick or twist. A new manager or coach may not turn it around. Selig have come back before. Neil Lennon has come back before. But can he do it this time? We've no international action now till March, which should help us. But we need to bet in the defence. It changes every game. You know, you, the goalkeepers, who's our number one goalkeeper? We don't know. Taylor and Duffy were blamed for the early errors, but they're not starting now, so who's going to be the new scapegoat? Collectively, the whole team will have to take responsibility and stop believing they are world beaters with ambitions of playing down south or with Europe's elite and knuckle down, and they need to knuckle down and start showing us and start showing the manager from Sunday that they are here to compete in every game. I was so impressed recently with the Celtic fans and the backing they gave the team in Motherwell, and I hope they continue to back the team. I heard Jason speak on the excellent and entertaining Homeboys podcast recently. He was there in the stadium that day. I think it was the Boys Ultra group who were behind it. So well done to all involved. Unfortunately, that didn't make Sky Sports news. Our other group of Ultras, the Green Brigade, have released a statement and unveiled a banner outside Celtic Park calling for Neil Lennon to go. I think this may be the full statement of any group of supporters, big or small, on the subject of Lennon staying or gone. Although some Celtic fans disagree with the statement, some have backed it on social media. 
They, the Green Brigade, are entitled to speak on behalf of the small group of Celtic fans they represent and will openly admit that, but they don't speak for anyone else. Whatever your thoughts are on what's going on at Celtic, Peter Lawwell and the board remain silent. I've said it earlier on and I'll say it again, and Neil Lennon has to shoulder everything publicly. It's not a good time at the moment for us, not being able to attend the game to support the team. It's true, we've all had better times, but we've also had worse times following Celtic. Whatever happens, we will go to bed tonight, Celtic fans, and we will wake up in the morning, Celtic fans. My first guest today is Linda Carroll. She's one of the Debenham workers who are looking for justice and a fair redundancy for the workers who were laid off overnight. She is also the granddaughter of Christopher Duffy, who survived being shot on Bloody Sunday 100 years ago in Crow Park and went on to play for Dublin, winning two Leinster titles. Linda, you're very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. Thank you, Patrick. It was by listeners' power. Listeners asked me to get someone on from the workers after we gave us a shout out on Friday. So it's great that the listeners have such a contribution. Now, Linda, we're all going through COVID-19, but you also lost your job and you have to deal with that. Yes. I know you have a fight on your hands with the rest of your co-workers to try and get a redundancy payment for years and years of service. That's right. Yeah. Um, We got a generic email in April to say that we were being let go, although we've been told in March when England went into examinership that our jobs were okay. So we were let go in March because of the COVID, but then we got the generic email in April to say that our jobs were gone. So just take me back. COVID comes in. Was yeah. you were used on the COVID payment because the shop was closed? Yes, we were. And then the whole lot of you got a, an email, as you say, yes. generic email. So this was this was one that went out to say yeah. you had no job. The job was gone. That was closing down. The job was gone. Yes, and we have been told in March when um, England went into examination that our jobs are fine. And then we get this um, email. We, no telephone call, just a generic email. And were the them. union notified? Yes, as far as I know they were, yes, yes. So, so the union have been notified, the workers have been notified. And what did it, did it tell you, like, you're not entitled to any payment, the place is closing? Yeah, that, that we'd be only entitled to statutory redundancy, which is two weeks for every year. But when, back in 2016, when the last um, redundancy came about, there was a pledge that if it ever happened again, that we would be given two weeks plus two. That's what we're fighting for, the two weeks. But Devons have just walked away. Um, KPMG are our liquidator, and um, they've just said there's nothing there for us, that we were last on the list. Well, Linda, I've been made redundant. I was made redundant, and I remember the union going in and negotiating the package, and we got quite a good package. I know two weeks isn't much to ask for. No. No, because the last um, you know, redundancy, the people got six weeks. Yeah, which would be quite standard. Yeah, yeah. It really have been treated uh, unbelievably, and, and the way it has been done, and, and the cold and callous yeah. way. Yes. Once you're told your job is safe, go home, come back from COVID. Yeah. You're, told, you're basically wake up and told, sorry, you can deal with COVID, but you've no job to come back there and go and ask the government for a couple of quid because we've given you, right. we've given you nothing. Nothing, no. And then we did eventually get a meeting with KPMG and the union and we were offered a million, which is um, between 987 people. So, like, it, you know, people would be getting between 200 and 600, you know, for, you know, as a redundancy from um, Debenhams. Yeah, and it sounds a lot, doesn't it? Oh, we offered them a million. Yeah, yeah. When, we you, thought when it, you break it down, it's little or nothing. Yeah, it's 987 people across the 11 stores. Yeah, and, and like, and as I said, look, we gave a shout out on the podcast on Friday, and we had George McCluskey on and that. And we we, we got uh, 
a lot of supportive messages and comments from, from people and, and indeed from your fellow workers. But it was the listeners that said, you know, can you get someone on the show? And then someone suggested it. And here you are. Can you take us back from your time working with the company and just paint a picture for the listeners? Because when I was a kid, I believe Debenhams took over Roche Stores. That's right. I was an old Roche Stores worker. Um, they took us over in 2006. Um, and I was actually working in Debenhams. Or in, sorry, Roaches. Yeah, because when I was a kid, it was a big thing to go up to, to Dublin from the country. Oh, wow. With your mum and, and see the Christmas lights and maybe see Santa Claus. I always remember going into Roach stores and we would, you know, get kitted out between there and some of the other big shops that wouldn't be down the country. So, like, it's been kind of part of Dublin. So many oh. things now that just seem to be, we washed aside now, you know. It just seems to be a different Dublin than when I was oh, growing up. I mean, in Roach stores, you could get everything. You could go down to the basement. You know, you could buy everything down there from a knitting needle to your Christmas decorations. It was a great store. Then Devons took over. They renovated it. So, you know, it changed. And you say, like, what was it like to walk in Devons? Well, I in the offices. Um, they were okay. They were okay to work for. I suppose, you know, your fellow workers, the union reps, you weren't aware of it because you were told your job is safe. And then yes. this bombshell yes. strikes and basically you're no longer required a lot of the walkers have been there. Some of them have been there for 30 years. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, 30. That's with, you know, they were in uh, Roaches first and then they went, um, Devlin's took over then. So that's counting their time in Roaches as well. Sorry, Linda. They would be, no, they wouldn't be young. 30 years service, you know, depending on where no. you've been. So there's no one young. So am I right in saying there's people now in the 60s? Well, I'm actually in my 60s. I would have been one of the older group. Yes, yes. So instead of looking forward to retirement, you're now on yep. the picket line trying that's to get right. two weeks for every year service. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying to myself. You know, I'll finish my, you know, um, my career in Debenhams and retire from Debenhams. You know what I'm saying? So it was a, it, very disappointed. But you know, some of these workers are too young to, to, for, to get a further pension, okay? You know, too young for the old age pension. And basically too old to get a job. And I'm not being ages here. Realistically, no one's going to take on someone. That's 40 or 50, 50s, yeah. As the years go on, it's harder to get employed. But from a personal point of view, when you found out, how did you feel and how did, how did the other workers feel when you start talking to them? They were, they were devastated because a lot of the younger um, girls would have mortgages and they were they're saying, how are we going to you know, survive now because no job? And they were all so disappointed. And then when we heard that you know, we were getting nothing, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of, you know, your girls there for 30 years working there, you know, giving everything. And five years ago, we we gave up, um, you know, you know the way you get a rise every year? We did that to help Devonhams because it, they, they weren't doing very well. So we um, helped them along there and look what they did to us then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but Devonhams are still trading. That's right, in England. That's right. And, um, you know, they made 30 million since the COVID close uh, on our um, website, you know, on the Dublin Ireland website. Wow. So, you know what I mean? So they've, they said it's theirs now, but that's ours. Dublin, um, Ireland.ie, Dublin's.ie, which was um, the Irish, um, you know, website. If many workers are affected and the many shops that they operate. Um, 987 workers over 11 stores. Throughout the country? Throughout the country, yeah. 
Like mental health is, is a huge thing at the moment. It's, it's, it's on everyone's okay. agenda. It's, people are talking about it. You know, has, has there been any supports there? It's one thing not giving people money and telling them no job, but have they put any supports in place for you? No, nothing, nothing, no. So they've just nothing. washed their hands of which is They wash their hands of us, yes, so they're reading that this, you just walked away completely. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, it, 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 it just seems to be a sign of maybe things to come and I think people yeah. should really get behind just because if you don't win this, the people, the companies, the big companies with, with plenty of millions in the bank will just roll over the workers. Yeah, they think they can do the same, just walk away. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we want to set, uh, set a precedent, president, sorry, for other workers that, that won't happen to them. Do you know what I mean? Yes, of course, of course. Have the where's the where does the current government stand on this, or has the past government or ministers, you know, has there been any support or? Where's their stance on on this? Well, you know, like the Duffy Cattle report was um, after Cleary's, and the Duffy Cattle report was, you know, supposed to be passed in government, but it never was. It was to protect anybody that was made redundant, you know what I mean? But it was never passed. So we're trying to get that passed. But only last week, Michal Martin, you know, our tea shop, um, held a meeting with us, you know, because he wants to, you know, try and mediate. So he's got to get a mediator for us now see if they can do anything at all, you know what I mean, which I don't think they will, but at least he's coming, you know, he's doing something now. Are right? we eight months into this? But yeah, eight months now, yeah. And um, KPMG tried to, last night in Tralee and Limerick, try to get some stock um, out, but they were stopped by our workers. Half past three this morning, and they try, and then seven o'clock in Tralee, but we stopped them, thank God. Well, well done. And yeah. Just tell, t- tell us about your, your picketing, 24 hours a day. And the reason, we're, pick, the reason yeah. we're picking is because we'll strip the shops of millions of yep. pounds worth of stock. Yeah, about 20 million in the shops. So, like, we, that's our money. You know, we're only looking for 10 million to cover us all. Yeah. So that's our... And, um, yeah, so we would go, you know, we'd pick it from 6 in the morning um, to 6 the following morning, you know, 6-hour shifts. I would usually do the um, 6 o'clock um, shift because I'm quite near. So I would... Uh, Set out about quarter past five, and I would stay there for six hours. Going back to the early 70s, my father would have been on the picket line with Irish cement, and, and they got all the they got all the workers' rights then. They won the strike. But since then, that's another factory that is is only a remnant of what well, the company my dad left when he when he did get um you know a decent pension from it and stuff yeah. like that. And it just seems to me that now, you know, it's a race to the bottom in this country. Oh, big time, big time. Um, they've just walked away, you know, they don't want to know us, you know, but very bad on their part, really, to be honest, you know. Yeah, it's just like, it seems like, you know, for the workers to be going out, and like, the only way we can support is, is by boycotting their online shop, is that correct? That, that's what we're doing at the moment. We had a launch there at, on the, do- at the Darling last Tuesday um, to boycott the online service. Because like people can't show you those like they can't really support you any other way because they can't go on the picket witch because we've got COVID and people have That's, to be, be careful. Yeah. So this this is a way of of so all the listeners and please spread the word. You know, if you agree with what the Debenham workers are doing and what they're owed and, and the profits that this company is making, boycott Debenhams online. So that's Debenhams.ie. Yes. And in the UK then it'd be co.uk. So yeah, we've got that, we've got a lot of listeners in the UK as well. So Yes, yes. And there has been support coming in, um, and it's only kind of been recently that it's been highlighted because 
I've seen members of the communards, the farm, and the Happy Mondays have all sent videos. Nice, you with that Porsche, yeah, brilliant. Of solidarity, and I believe a couple yeah. of footballers are going to get involved as well now. Which is great. We that before, you know what I mean? I got like when you think you're in Dublin. I wonder what Jim Larkin and James Conley would make of yes. the lack of support from the government for eight months. Eight months, yeah. It's taken them eight months, to, you know, to, to get a yeah, to, You know what I mean? They tried to fob us off thinking that we wouldn't continue, but, you know, we're fighting for our rights, really. Yeah, you know? and, and you're going to continue to? Oh, we're going to continue. We'll probably be there Christmas Day having our dinner. <laughs> Which is unfair. And it's I read an article on, the, I think it was the Corkings Almanac, but one of the yeah. girls went on the picket line and she's pregnant. This is what yeah. she has to do for, this is what she has yeah. to do to try and get, secure a future. And as you said, there's people with, with mortgages, big mortgages. Yeah in their 40s, 50s, you know, paying off mortgages. Now, like, what what can they do? It's going to be very hard for them to get a job. So... And, and, the, and the banks won't care, you know? No, they won't. They won't. Definitely not. It's all wrong. Now, listen, I'm going to move on because... Uh, yeah. On Saturday evening, after watching my team, Celtic, play a 2-2 draw out with Hibs, I switched over to watch the Dublin Mead game. Then's the final, the Dubs were outstanding. Uh, I felt yeah. sorry for me, and I'm a loud man, but I did feel sorry for them. The dubs are just yeah. so far ahead. But there were yes. tributes paid by the GAA to the 14 innocent people who were murdered in Crow Park yeah. on, on Bloody Sunday, you know, 100 years ago. Your grandfather, Christopher Duffy, was 15 on that day, and he was shot at the game. He was there yes. to watch Dublin and Tipperary. But That's thankfully, right. he survived. He did. Can you tell us a little bit of your grandfather? Yeah, well, my granddad, I was brought up with my granddad as well. He lived, he came from Sharon Street and he he loved football. You know, um, he went, he would rather play football than go to school. So he, on that day, he went to the match. He was 15 and he was actually shot um, at the top of his neck, just above his spine. Um, very lucky to, he, he was seriously injured. Very lucky to survive, but he did. But he, he was always wanting to get into football. And, it was you know, the thing we were so proud of is that he actually did play for Dublin and he was shot in Crow Park. You know what I mean? So it was. So he played he played in Dublin and, and he won two Leinster titles and he played he in that stadium where he was shot. Yes, yes. It's an amazing story. And, and, amazing. and I, know, I know there's a YouTube, there's a, there's a YouTube by your brother and is he your nephew? My son. My son. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put a link up to that when we put the podcast out as well. Brilliant. That would explain everything, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Linda, where did the Devon and Walkers go from here? Well, we're just hoping that uh, Miho Martin will be able to do something for us. Um, but if not, we're going to keep on um, picketing, you know. Um, but you see, like, the COVID, you know, the level five is over now on Monday. So KPMG will probably pounce on us now. So we have to be aware and we're going to still kick it. But hopefully we're hoping that Mia Martin will step in and get something for us. And Linda, is there anyone, okay, we, we know the union is there for you. Is there anyone, other politicians lobbying the government for, yeah, on your Independence, really, you know what I mean? Um, Robert Boyd Barish and Bree Smith. Because the independents are, you know, trying to, you know, this, but none of the Fine Gael or Fine Gael or the Fianna Fáil, I'm assuming saying it's behind us as well. So we have a few lobbying for us, all right. So at least you've someone on the opposition benches anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, Mick Barry, he's brilliant. You know what I mean? They talk nearly about us every day, but 
only now me Hall is starting to step in. So hopefully something will be done now. But hopefully, it- ho- hopefully it will be done. Um, and I think if they can feel the effect on the online sales, maybe yeah. they, maybe they will do something for you. Maybe they will. Hopefully. But hopefully. the fact that they haven't sat over the table, which is no, is, no. Is, is is probably the worst thing about it because yeah, um, they're just carrying on with their lives while you're all oh, yeah. or just a little bit of justice and a little bit of watch around. That's right. Definitely. Linda, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing your story with us and sharing the plight of the Devon and Walkers. And we hope you do get justice because you deserve it after all these years of service. And I hope that there's not too many more hours in the picket line. But I do admire you. And hopefully you will get sorted and maybe you can come back on the podcast and and let the listeners know and maybe thank them. Definitely. Um, Thank you so much, Andrew, for listening to me and uh, putting our plight out there. So we're just saying boycott Devon's online. <laughs> we will be. And, and I, I'm sure all the listeners was because it was the listeners that asked to get you on here. So Thank you very much. Thank you so much. We appreciate all your support. Thanks very much, Linda, for coming on the podcast. Uh, after we gave them a shout out on last week's podcast, listeners got in contact and said, you know, can we do something for these people? Can we get them on to hear the story? So much appreciated, Linda. And now, all we have to do now is boycott Debenhams online, folks, and support Linda and her fellow walkers. Tens of millions in the bank, and they refused to negotiate with the walkers, who gave them years of service. If you're allowed to get away with this, then companies will continue to exploit its walkers. My next guest on the show today will be Mimo Rossi, who witnessed the world's greatest ever player play for his hometown. What a buzz it must have been when Maradona landed in Naples. A team that had never won the league and all the success he brought to the club. A hero on and off the park to so many. A genius. Mimo, you're very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. Before we chat about Diego, life in lockdown. No selling to go to see in Glasgow. And what's happening with one of Glasgow's finest Italian restaurants, Bella Vita? Oh, it's, uh, things are tough at the moment for the whole uh, catering industry. Uh, we have... Um, uh, obviously, we have been shut down for the last for the for the last week and for the next two weeks. All business is not is not um, doing great, you know. So, uh, the whole catering industry in general is uh, uh, is not doing well. So, we'll see what happens in the next three weeks. But uh, we're uh, we're uh, we're we're finding it very tough here in Glasgow and uh, the old as I said, the whole industry. Mimo, can you tell us a little bit Naples? Just to paint the picture for where Maradona was going to arrive from, he, he was coming from Barcelona. Is it a tough turn? Is it a mafia turn? You know, what, what was Diego coming into? Well, what, what, what I remember uh, very well, I was, uh, I was only a young boy. I was 14 at the time, 14, 15 years old. We all already idolized. It was our idol already when he was at Barcelona. So Maradona, for all the kids, it was the... The, the, the name for everybody to shout when we were playing football. So it was like this big hero already. So when uh, at, uh, when we heard the news that uh, it was a possibility of him to come to Napoli, uh, it was like uh, people shocked. They were almost shocked out to hear him coming to Naples as much now we're shocked to hear him of his passing. So that was like, you know, easy, seriously. It was the usual, you know, unbelievable um, news to hear. Then the, a great, great player like him 
came come to a, 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 a town in a, a club like Napoli, which at the time it was not very wealthy at all. It was no money. It was no the town the, 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 around the, the, the stadium was high poverty, uh, high unemployment. And uh, it was just basically a dream come true for everybody. So uh, we, as I, as I said before, as Kat, it was like we were astonished to 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 receive uh, the news of Maradona signed for for Napoli, you know. And at that point, we we all start to dream already about all the things that uh, we could possibly uh, do and achieve. With a player like that, you know, and um, we were dreaming about possibly our first uh, scudetto uh, to win for 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 Italy in Italy. So it was like uh, uh, we may be going to reach that you know point that we actually going to win something uh, with a player of that that, that name. And so we did eventually. We did. He, he brought us in. I think it was 1987, the first uh, scudetto. Then we won. Prior to that, we came second in the league uh, with with Napoli, and we were already uh, the, the, the 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 talk of uh, the, the 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 nation. That they are a small, you know, it was a small club, but it was never a club that they achieved much. Uh, so we were always the underdogs, as you want to call it. And uh, with Maradona, it just took us to the next level, and. Uh, we were we were all we were all uh, at the stadium as kids. Uh, I remember I used to go uh, even if I didn't have tickets, uh, hoping for uh, uh, go with uh, an older man, uh, which had a pass of uh, uh, like I used to go with these uh, people that went to war. And they had these special passes, but they had the they could they could take somebody with them with them as a, as a next. Um, they, you know, to help them because obviously they were war heroes, uh, war uh, people, so they, they, they had disability and so on. So we were allowed, so we were looking for the old guy with a stick to try to, to say, can you take me in with you? I'll, I'll be your helper today. So that was that was the days of, um, of me going to San Paolo and watching Napoli play the game that we all loved in, in Italy. We the game we, we always played in the street, every street corner. We played with anything. It looked like a ball. We were just um, kids uh, kicking, kicking a ball constantly. There was no computers. There was no phones. There was no technology. All we had, there was football. So, Can you remember when the day Maradona arrived and signed as a Napoli player? Have you memories of that day? Uh, I remember clearly. Uh, well, we, we, I was I was working with my uncle at the time, and we were uh, we were uh, doing some gardening. I was helping to get the gardening, and uh, the radio was on like every afternoon, uh, and listening to the radio. And when we heard the news, the first thing we done, we all jumped into the car and went to the street of Naples and beeping the horns like you usually see scenery like that in Italy. Uh, Went a game in the World Cup on the on the major major tournaments. Then we all go in the street with the flags, and uh, so we were all in the street of Naples with uh, people already were selling Maradona's faces on on the scarves and stuff. Uh, we were all uh, just joyous to 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 wait for this great uh, player to come through. 
and I was actually at um, at the stadium at the stadium when you arrived by helicopter. I was not in the stadium, but I was outside the stadium, so we could get claims of things to 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 what I remember of the, this, this great day. We all we went and watched later on on, on TV about you know what he did when he actually uh, arrived into into the San Paulo Stadium when uh, kicked a ball for a for for, for a wee while and uh, the the stadium was absolutely uh, jam packed already of people uh, cheering for him you know so that was the 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 the, the day of the, his arrival and there was just a a, a massive massive uh, joy for the whole town of Naples. It was, uh, as I said, we were just celebrating as Italy were the World Cup almost, you know. So that was that was the, the memory of when you arrived uh, in Napoli, you know. So the football god arrived in Naples. Naples. Uh, out yeah. of the sky. And you're a teenager and he comes down onto the pitch. It's like sort of out of Bible, like the football Bible. Oh, it was, it was like, seriously, I, I know... Um, stories about people, uh, which is not very good to hear, but people uh, having less food on the table to make the money for the tickets to go and watch the game. Wow. Uh, no matter how much you earned, you were trying to uh, to to save that little to to support the club, to support. Uh, but it was not so much even support the club. You just wanted to go and see the show. Uh, yeah. Maradona, it was like a show. Uh, we we used to arrive hours before because we knew he would come out on the pitch. That was when we, I was a little bit older, a few years later, when I could afford to to buy my own ticket. And I was there all the time. And um, I remember so clearly go to the stadium with my cousins, my brother, and uh, we had pieces of papers in our hand. We cut it in small pieces that we used to throw in a bag to make um, uh, like confettis to throw when the, 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 the team came out. We spend hours in do- doing these confettis, but the entertainment of that, it was him coming onto the pitch and warming up. And that was the show. That was like, you know, we, 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 we were just waiting for him to, to do that. We knew he would do it. He came to the stadium uh, earlier to, war- to his warm-up. It was a, a, like a, 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 just an entertainment for, for all the kids. Uh, and he knew we were there and he knew he'd done it. Uh, he get cheered for it. The, the most things that, 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 that astonished me at that time, it was the actually players that they played with him, uh, Ciro Ferrara and so many other, other ones, that they played with him. And they didn't mind. They didn't mind that Maradona kind of took all the attention. And they were like little kids themselves. And they were at this honor to to actually play for such with, with such a player. Then even if he took the, the he took on the show all the time, they didn't bother. It didn't bother them. They were always happy, always friendly. It was the bo- team bond. It was amazing. Uh, it was all down to one person. The, the listeners won't be able to see. I can see you now, Mimo, and the passion, the passion that you're speaking about and the excitement in your eyes. Like yeah. you're, you're you're that teenage boy again. Yes. Oh, the since yesterday, since the news, it's all brought back to me um, a lot of. Um, Memories that uh, I I I done a a, a phone phone um, a video call with my dad and my mom straight away as soon as I heard the news, and I'm not joking. I swear, it was like 
talking to your parents about somebody very close to you just passed away and they were all in tears. And they, I, I start to get tears in my eyes just by watching them being in tears. And my mom and my dad, they're, they're in, uh, they're in their uh, 74 now, the two of them. So um, they, they were just because we, they, they, they were, they were, they were the, a lot younger then, obviously, but they were the one joy uh, and, and have all the celebration with us kids uh, with, uh, with, uh, with, with Napoli. So uh, even your mom and they were singing songs about Maradona and, and it was always a family thing. It was always waiting. If I didn't go to the stadium, it was at the house waiting. We had the, the, our our lunch, uh, the Sunday lunch, and then we were all at the front of the TV again, put the TV on earlier just to watch his warming up waiting for the game to start so um it was just a just a a, a family uh, unification if you want to call it uh, i remember my dad used to say uh, we go and pray god in a sunday morning we went to church to mass and then i said now we're going to pray the other god on the <laughs> so uh, that, that that was uh, that was the the um, the truth you know about um uh, this 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 magnificent person that he was so unified unified, unified family you know yeah and, and and like it it just seems that he he was a he was a I said, the working class people in the city now they had a working class hero because Maradona could relate with the people because he he'd come from the streets he didn't have a silver spoon no it's a, obviously Argentina. Is, we, we we feel very very uh, close to, especially Napolitan people. Uh, they feel close to the the way of living in Argentina. Of you know a lot of uh, we we resemble in a lot a lot of things. Kind of you know obviously things have changed now, but we used to be kind of the same kind of street uh, people uh, living the same ways and the same of. Uh, uh, drying clothes in outside and in, in the middle of the street and uh, the, the pictures of um, of uh, Argentina and Napoli they were very very similar and Maradona always said and he always felt Napoli is his home he felt he felt at home because the similarity of the of the the, the, the city with his uh, his hometown and I mean I I I I just heard my dad today saying about uh, the Pope, which obviously is Argentinian, and um, he, he's made a, a massive praise to uh, Maradona. He will never uh, come to Italy without going to see him in uh, the last few years. And he, he showed all this memorabilia of uh, a great player uh, and the Pope kept through the years since he was you know, a cardinal in, in, in Argentina. So he cherished all this uh, this uh, memorabilia from from a player, and he also said that uh, when Maradona came to see him, Rome had to wait. The Pope it was busy to see him. <laughs> so that is uh, that, that that that's uh, something to give you give you an idea how much he was respected, regardless of his um, downfall of his. Demons, if you want to call it, that he had, which we all know he did. He was just a great, great man. He was a great, great person. He was a flawed genius, but he was he oh. was a genius. The the football is, is the, the football is. I think we'll be talking about him for years to come, forever, with forever, because obviously my my, my son Gianmarco 
uh, yesterday made a video uh, about uh, um, Maradona, and my son is, is, is 13 years old. Uh, up to a few years ago, he didn't have a clue about Maradona, you know. So he, he, he sent me a text straight after he heard the news, uh, and my daughter as well, Sophia, and my other daughter, Jessica, they're all on the text straight away. Dad, Maradona is dead, you know, uh, very upset themselves, you know. So, and that's the new generation. So I, I, I know for a fact that uh, his name was never going to end and his, uh, his legacy will never end uh, for year and year to come. He won two leagues. He won the UEFA Cup. He won the Wafer Italian Cup. Cup. He won the Italian Super Cup. Super Cup. With, with a team that had, you know, little success. They, we we achieved nothing since he left. So as you know, uh, we went close to things. We're a good club now. We people with the brought a lot of money into the club, but uh, we still with all the money, with all the big superstar, we haven't achieved anything. We achieved so much by just one man in the team. Then we never achieved in the last ten, twelve years with. Uh, Loads of money into the club. Yeah. Uh, so that that rest my rest my case. That's all I can say. I know people say it's it's it's, it's not fair to have a one man team. He was a one man team, and the players they like to have him as a one man team. All they have to do is be his um, his, um, his teammates and be with him when when he needed them, and he could virtually win the game single handed. Yeah. The, the, and he was kicked around every pitch oh, he ever played in. Everywhere, everywhere. The good thing about another good thing about Maradona, where I remember very, very dis- distinctly, very well, every stadium in Italy, Serie A, could not wait for Napoli to go to their stadium because he brought them money. He brought loads of money to the club that we were playing against because the stadiums were guaranteed to be full. He was loved everywhere. It's, Not it's, no matter he played for Napoli, he was loved everywhere, you know? Yeah, even he came as a young boy to Dublin in 1980 and he set up the goal and people are talking about it on Irish television. One of the lads, Johnny, contacted me last night. He was at his last game for Argentina against Greece in the World Cup. People saw him when he played for the rest of the world against the English League. So, that, like, everyone is, is clamouring for a memory now of Maradona. I'm lucky. I have a signed shirt by Maradona and it hangs over my son's bed. So... That's that's my little piece of, of, of history. But he was a hero off the pitch in Naples as well. He had the freedom of the city in Naples. Yes. Still 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 has. Still has, you know. Maradona, no matter what when he went back to Italy, obviously his first stop was in Naples. he was invited to many shows, TV shows and things like that. But his main and first stop it was always uh, Naples all the time. I remember when we went to work uh, the the European Cup in 1988. I was uh, I was serving the, the the country. I was serving the national service. I was uh, uh, in the army, and uh, we were in the barrack. And I remember then maybe because it was a barrack, you feel that patriotic. And no matter where you came from, and that in the barrack it was people came from everywhere in Italy, Sardinia. Milan, Turin, you name it, we were all celebrating together. Napoli went, but Italy went at the same time. 
to the Italian people, it was an achievement, you know, for uh, for, for for the whole for the whole country. Uh, I, I remember so clearly uh, we were singing the national anthem uh, in the in the barrack, uh, watching the the, the final um, of uh, of Napoli winning the, the the Europa League. It was the UEFA League, the Europa League. Yeah, another great great memory, you know. As you said. They won nothing since, and they spent money, and it, and this was the golden, the golden era for Napoli. He's gone now, Maradona. He's gone to, you know, if if, the, if there's a football heaven, he he's sitting, he's sitting at the top. If, we're going to be watching videos, and we're going to be getting the books out again, and we're going to be reading them because his his legacy will never die, you know, and not just Napoli fans or Argentinian fans, football fans throughout the world. Maradona is gone. But his memory will live on forever in the hearts and minds of football fans everywhere. No more than no more than so in his homeland of Argentina. But in Naples, the murals will still be up and the fan stories will still be told. For years to come, my kids hopefully they'll tell their kids. My 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 son, as I said, he's been since uh, yesterday. We've been asking about stories. We've been watching videos on the on the phone. Uh, he was absolutely astonished to watch uh, the second goal against England. Um, that he took, he said that he, he took four men on on his own. He said, yes, he did, and he scored. And then he watched the 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 the, the, the first goal, which um, uh, was the the famous under God. He said that's that that's actually with his hand. I said, I know. <laughs> that's right. Hey, maybe Scotland is a massive hero in England. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Uh, so, um, but Maradona had a great um, uh, respect for Scotland. No, don't know about in England so much. And, uh, but definitely, he loved loved the Scottish people up here because uh, they they knew they they, they loved them uh, for for the hand of God. Probably yourself as well in Ireland. Oh, 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 oh. They, they, we definitely did. You know. So, wait, wait, uh, you know. Anyone that plays England, you know, it's it, it's a tribal thing. <laughs> it was definitely um, so that the, the stories will be many, many, many. So I'm sure that the legacy will be continuing and the legacy will be told. And of course, he was in Celtic Park, and there's the picture of him with the jersey. And yep. my memory of him, and it won't be a goal. It will be him warming up to life is life. That video is just. Uh, I've, I've got a friend Baz, and he. Every couple of weeks, that video, when we get a few drinks on us, that video comes out on the phone and we yeah. look at him, man, because he, he, he loves them too. But look, Mamo, it's been, it's been a pleasure to chat to you. Um, and just to, get someone, you, just to get a fan story who witnessed his greatness play for Napoli and, and to go to a place like Naples, which, you know, it was brilliant to, you know, to hear he arrived in a helicopter. Yeah, and listen, yeah. I, I can't wait to get back to Glasgow to watch to watch our team Celtic, and yes, of course, of course, I can't wait to get back into Bella Vita for a good Italian feed. Oh, oh, Ho- hopefully, oh. we will get this vaccine sorted and we get back over to Glasgow soon. Yeah, nice to see you, my friend. You take care. Thank you, pal. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Thanks very much, Mimo, for taking time out to talk. It was absolutely brilliant to get the view of that teenage boy back in Naples when the great one arrived. Maradona, no doubt, his legacy will live on forever. The memories we all have of him. Not just of that wonderful goal against England, but of everything he stood for off the pitch. He was with the working class all the way. He came from nothing. And I think we all can agree, he partied a lot. 
But then again, who wouldn't if you were Maradona? As always, folks, thanks very much to everyone who bought the latest issue of More Than 90 Minutes, issue 111. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to get the print edition done with no ground sales. So, as always, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who subscribed as well. We've seen a big uh, increase in subscriptions since we started the podcast. And obviously, we can't drop the fancy off in the shops now. So, that's helping us. So, once again, thank you so much. I think I've said thank you so much too many times. So, folks, if you want to subscribe before now on Christmas, we'll stick a free T-shirt in. All artists that come in before noon get posted the same day. But allow a few extra days, folks, for the post because the postal workers, they're under severe pressure. And uh, I think some deliveries are a bit a week behind, or so I'm told. But don't let that stop you visiting our online shop for T-shirts and merchandise because every penny we make out of that goes back into producing this podcast and putting the fans in on the street. As always, my long-suffering producer, I have to thank Ronan McQuillan still hasn't sung us a song but sure look he puts up with me ranting day in day out of the Celtic so folks if you like what we're doing and you would like to support us you can do so by visiting celticfansin.com where you can become a member subscribe buy or make a donation for the price of a point and I thank everyone who has we promise no one wants Google type adverts on our website or in our articles and no one wanted advert interruptions on our podcast someone asked me recently why do we do this can you imagine if we had a sponsor on board, one of these that just put any advert out? We could have one for Debenhams and us for the Debenham walkers on. So that's just one of the reasons. We want to try and keep it real. We want to try and keep it independent. And your support means we can continue to produce quality independent fan journalism, podcasts, and we will be starting our video content again once level five restrictions are removed. And once we get back to level two, we can open up the office then and get the rest of the team in and get some guests in as well for chats. So folks, if you're not in a position to financially support us at this time, don't worry, we'll still deliver the same quality content to all fans for free. Another thing that is free is our app. So please download it and you'll have access to all the podcasts, articles, daily news, video events, and of course the fanzine on our online shop, or the touch of a button on your phone or tablet. All episodes of the podcast are now available on all platforms, so don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow buttons and you'll never miss an episode. You can also go straight into Spotify for my Instagram story. And that reminds me, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Give us a follow and give us a comment. Thanks again to our episode sponsors, Tommy Bourne, Celtic Supporters Club, Porter Down, for their continued support, the fanzine and the podcast. As we said earlier, if your business or Celtic Supporters Club would like to support the podcast and become a sponsor, you can email us at info at celticfanzine.com or you can contact us through social media or messages on the website. Keep all the comments and suggestions coming in, and here's a few from last week's podcast. Celtic Soul Podcast. Finally got around to listen to a few of these ones. Good quality and engaging too. Thumbs up from me, Joe Blog C on Twitter. George McCluskey. Sunday morning run after frustrating result with Celtic AM and hearing some great stories with the fans, with the fan who lived the dream, scoring a goal in the cup final, and a winner against them. Rory on Twitter. Just listen to the George McCluskey interview. Complete class. I was aged 13 in 1980. And my old man took me to the game. And when the trouble erupted at the end. He grabbed me. And we ran all the way up the steps. And outside Hamden. Alan McDonald, Glasgow. George McCluskey. Another great podcast. To pass the time on a Sunday stroll. It was great to meet George. While enjoying a cold corona. Along the Las Vegas strip. At last year's convention. Seems a million miles away now. Keep them coming, Andrew. And that's from Ryan in Belfast. 
George McCluskey, brilliant episode, Andrew. Kieran Bell, Betty's Town. Celtic Soul with George McCluskey, my first cup final involved in Celtic. And get it right up ya. Yeah. And that comes from Celtic Ra, nine in a row, Twitter. Another cracking interview, some fantastic stories. The memories of Kane Daglish, better than Johan Cruyff, according to George McCluskey, and Jinky, and rightly praising James Forrest. The amusing tales of his awful of being drunk in the whiskey after the 4 2 win over the Huns, which clinched the title when there were 4,000 people in the dressing room, and his dad was also in there. The 1980 Cup final riot win over the Huns when he called the police officer a blue nose, but was grateful at the end when that police officer got him off the pitch. Whatever happened to George's prized possession, the Cruyff short, which was got burned? I'm still wondering. Wonderful stuff. And that comes in from Tony in Sunderland, who's a regular listener and who regularly comments. Thanks for the shout out to the Devon and Morkers. Much appreciated, pal. Hail, hail. Declan Maha. Driving down from Belfast, listening to the Celtic Soul podcast. Liam Cross. George Mack was top class. Lovely fellow. Underappreciated. Hilly St. Margaret Celtic Supporters Club. Podcasts have been excellent. Keep them coming. Mark Hennigan, Glasgow. We'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. No doubt Neil Lennon, Ross County at home will be discussed when we get back talking Celtic. So enjoy the weekend, folks. The pressure is on Lenny and the players on Sunday. Prague was a disaster. When I think back to the last time I was in Prague with Celtic, it was en route to Belis for the UEFA Cup game back in, I think, 2004. We won that night in the freezing cold, which made the trip back a happy one. I can't imagine Lenny, the players and the backroom staff enjoyed the trip home last night. We now have till March with no international breaks. Hopefully by then a vaccine will be in play and fans may start returning to the stadium. The next month or so will determine if Neil Lennon will be manager come the end of the season or even come the end of the year. The team now need to go on a run in Scotland. One game at a time, one competition at a time. We want to lend our support to musicians and songwriters out there who have been hit the hardest by the lockdown restrictions with no gigs and no venues. So send your material to us and we'll give you a plug and we'll play you out of each show. Today we go back to the time the Blarney Pilgrims were live in the main fiddler in Dublin. They recorded that night marching down Sackville Street on Easter Sunday. Visit International Records on Facebook for more details. The album is now available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music and Amazon Music. Here is their adaption of Woody Guthrie's This Land Is Your Land. So folks, all I have to say now is Stay tuned, stay safe, and as always, keep the faith and up the blarneys. This land is your land, this land is my land. From the northern hills to the western islands, from the hills of Kerry to the streets of Derry. All this land was made for you and me as I went walking. By the Shannon waters Hand in hand with My little daughter Heard the church bells ringing And the children singing All this land was made for you and me This land is your land This land is my land From the northern highlands To the western islands From the hills of Kerry To the streets of Derry All this land was made for you and me
This land is your land, this land is my land From the northern highlands to the western islands From the hills of Kerry to the streets of Derry All this land was made for you and me Then I climbed the mountain, saw a crystal fountain And I heard the great roar from the rocky seashore And her eyes were gleaming when she said, oh daddy, all this land was made for you and me. This land is your land, this land is my land. From the northern highlands to the western islands. From the hills of Kerry to the streets of Derby. All this land was made for you and me. This land is your land, this land is my land From the northern highlands to the western islands From the hills of Kerry to the streets of Derry All this land was made for you and me And I walked her home by the village steeple Proud of my country, proud of my people Of the men that tried there and the men who died there Singing this land was made for you and me This land is your land This land is my land From the northern highlands To the western islands From the hills of Kerry To the streets of Derry All this land was made for you and me deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.